What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Something About Sports podcast. It's your host, once again, Leon Edwards, back with another episode. Um, another KU football game day. It's game day Saturday. We got KU football taking on the Oklahoma State Cowboys today. Oklahoma State is ranked in the top something, I believe. Um, I actually can't remember what their what their ranking is this week or their college football playoff ranking because those new rankings are out. Um, you guys can actually just watch and listen because this one is going to be a visual one um, while we find out. They're the number 18th ranked, and that also will set the tone to let you guys know what kind of episode this is. Um, I just kind of wanted to hop on here, chat, really because I feel like today's the day. Um, we've waited 15 years for this. We haven't seen the Kansas Jayhawks play in a bowl game since December of 2008. And I think that today is the day that the deal is sealed that Kansas plays in a bowl game this year. Um, there's a, and that's for a lot of reasons. I know with, with a fully healthy Oklahoma State, we're going to talk about, you know, some of the injuries they have, mainly being Spencer Sanders, their starting quarterback, their star player, um, not going to be playing in this game. But you also have a lot of other players banged up for Oklahoma State as well. And I think even a healthy Oklahoma State team coming into Lawrence, it would KU would have been able to put up a good fight against them. But I think with the injuries and I think some of the things going on with them, I think today's the day. And, and of course, you know, when, when we get into having those conversations, when we get into having those expectations and saying things like today's the day or it's time to be bowl eligible, that's when those expectations are happening. And then that's when you set yourself up to be disappointed. But I think the unique position that at least I'm in, and this is something I've talked about on here quite a bit this year, and it, it, it's a unique position as a Kansas football fan because everything that they're doing right now is a bonus. Everything that they're doing right now just feels like um, feels like something to enjoy. And even if they were to lose today, um, the, the the happiness of being able to – to think they will win against the top 20 team in the, in the college football playoff rankings and legitimately picking them to win that football game, that alone is enough to keep you satisfied for this year. Now, I don't think I'll walk away from this season satisfied if they don't make it to a bowl game just because of the 5-0 and start and how good this team has actually looked. They look like a bowl team. So um, that's something that, you know, would would be disappointing, but I think overall, and and the the main theme of that is there's not a whole lot this team can do to disappoint a lot of people who've been following this program recently. So I just wanted to to talk about that. KU's coming off of a bye week; they should be healthy, they should be rested. Um, Jason Bean's got a, a week under his belt to to kind of get his bearings. You know, he had to abruptly. He had to abruptly take over for Jalen Daniels right in the heart of the toughest part of KU's schedule. Uh, so having that bye week in there, letting him get his bearings, letting him kind of see where he struggled, see some of the things that he could improve on, um, some place, some some spots to pick, some some plays he maybe wanted back, to have a chance to reflect on some of that, to have a chance to see how he can be better going forward this season, I think it's a big deal. And then you also talk about the health of guys like Lonnie Phelps. You talk about the health of guys like Jacoby Bryant um, and, uh, and other players that we could potentially see back out on the field this week. And so a lot of that stuff, you know, you get, getting a chance to have a bye week, getting a chance to have some time away, that's going to help a lot with the players but also that helps the staff a lot as well. Once once you get rolling in a season, um, speaking from experience and those of you guys that have played football, especially um, 
once you get rolling in a season, you really don't even have time to put extra time towards a specific opponent. You have specific days that you do specific things, and it's a routine that's the same every week, and that's just kind of what that preparation is. So getting a chance to take a step back and evaluate yourself to the point of really being able to install things that you think will work for you those are the types of things that happen over the bye week. A lot of times you're putting in things that you think will help you win the next game. You're figuring out ways to beat that next opponent. You're preparing for those those individual teams at a time. And that's also while you're dealing with personnel changes and things like that. There's just not a lot of time to really um, do a lot of self-inventory in the middle of a football season because of the preparation it takes for each opponent. So, Having a bye week with the, the, this coaching staff has shown to be a good one. Having a bye week when they did, getting a chance to regroup. I think we see a refreshed football team come out there um, at, at the at Memorial Stadium at the at the booth this weekend and do something do something special. I think they um, they have a moment. And, and like I said, you know, some of that's about what's going on with Oklahoma State and the injuries and things. Um, which, ironically, if I'm not mistaken, that injury happened when they were already getting blown out against K-State. I, I believe that Spencer Sanders got hurt in the game that they were down 40-something to zero. I think they ended up losing the game like 54 to nothing or 48 to nothing, something along those lines. But they ended up losing to him in that game, in a game that was out of reach, and he probably shouldn't have been in. So that's another unfortunate situation and something probably that that a lot of Oklahoma State fans and that coaches staff and that team are probably having a tough time swallowing. But um, those are, that's football. And if he goes out there and, you know, nothing happens, then we're not talking about it. So I'm not one of those people. Excuse me. I'm not one of those people that. You know, I, I harp on that stuff and, and, you know, the 2020 hindsight comes back and we're supposed to vilify people like that. I, I, that's, that's not going to ever be me, but I do think that that brings a unique fan perspective because for me, um, if I'm thinking about KU and I'm thinking about, you know, KU's in a situation where we don't have our starting quarterback either right now. And, and we're dealing with a lot with that. And that's tough as a fan knowing that some of these games you've gone into having that what if, if you have your guy, you potentially can win that football game. So those are tough things to, to swallow. Those are tough pills to swallow. But to also, if you were to add the element of maybe an unnecessary play, maybe unnecessary time in the game, that just makes it a little bit harder to accept. And especially um, going on the road against a good football team that has been a walkover for a long time. You know, I, I feel like in recent years, Oklahoma State might still feel pretty fine about coming into Lawrence and winning this football game. But you got to think that coaching staff now with this this revamped Kansas team, you got to think that they've been losing a little bit of sleep and, and trying to figure out how they're going to get their season back on track because they just got absolutely shellacked last week by K-State. Um, and, and while that that's kind of part of the randomness of Big 12 football this year, you also hate to see as a, as a team, as a fan base, as a coaching staff, you hate to have a result like that. You hate to see a score like that. Um, and, and that motivates you to come back out the next week and, and um, do do really well. So there's there's going to be some motivation there. I just don't know if the talent's going to be there and, and the high-end talent that Oklahoma State has. I don't know if, if they're not going to have it out there, if they're going to be able to do enough to beat Kansas. And, and I think that um, that's something that I'll be paying attention to 
quite a bit. And, and before I started this, there wasn't any final word on a lot of those players. There's just been a lot of speculation that there could be up to six or seven starters for Oklahoma State out, including, you know, quarterback, running back, receiver, offensive line, um, defensive back, I believe, is another position that they're thinning out at uh, due to injury. So I believe they are having some attrition right now. And, and that's something to watch for Kansas, though, because as a program who wants to establish itself, as a team who wants to kind of – move up out of that doormat category and move into a respectable team and a team that um, that a, a program that is respected and a program that teams don't think they're getting to the walk over winning a game like this um, that goes a long way towards that. When you're, when you have the, the talent advantage, when the other team's missing a whole lot of players, that should, that should be detrimental for a football team, that should be detrimental. Um, if you are, if you're going against a team that's losing their quarterback and their running back and their receiver, you should be able to go into that game with confidence. And I think that before this season, it probably wouldn't have changed my my thought of how that game's going to go. If you if you go into this game and Oklahoma State's missing all those players, you're probably still like I mean, maybe instead of losing by forty, you lose by twenty four, or you lose by thirty instead of losing by. 40 plus or allowing 60 points. That's kind of where it would have gone before. But I think now this year you're in a position where you're like, these are those new leaf turning type of opportunities. Turn over a new leaf today and win this football game and win it handily with your own backup quarterback. Now that's something that's not being talked about. Jason Bean's done enough and he's put some points on the board to encourage people enough that we're not harping on the fact that there's a backup quarterback out there. But Kansas also has a backup quarterback. But you're not missing as many as many pieces as Oklahoma State is. And so you got to figure out a way to win this football game. And I think that they do. I'm coming off of a bye week. You want to be prepared. You want to have uh, a really good game plan, which I guess is, is that's a, that's another dangerous thing in and of itself. They've been. And, and I'm just kind of riffing now, guys. We're at 10 minutes. Um, this thing probably won't go any longer than 20. Uh, I just kind of wanted to hop on, holler at you, um, let you guys know how I was feeling about the game today. I'll probably give some player that I'll be watching for KU too at the end of this, but uh, that's that's something else. You know, I'm just kind of riffing now and thinking about different things, but that's another variable that's not going to be talked about a lot. You know, coming off the of bye week, you know they've been preparing for Oklahoma State. You know they've been doing some things um, to combat what they do, and now with so many injuries that can change a lot about what Oklahoma State does and a lot of what you scouted and a lot of the things that you plan for, those things can change. And football is a weird sport like that. And sometimes, you know, we see those things and it doesn't really make a lot of sense. And it doesn't until you're on the other side of it and you understand the level of preparation and the mental side of football. There's so much to the mental side of football and being mentally prepared to play against the team and understanding what, you think they're going to do against you and then kind of once they start to establish that in the game, adapting to it. But you can have so um, such completely different things when you have monumental injuries like quarterback, starting running back, top receiver and top offensive lineman. Those those types of foundational position losses can change an offense. So that's something to watch for. This defense has been preparing for them. And uh, now with a lot of changes in the lineup, 
there could be a little bit of a, of a struggle trying to figure out what they do if they drastically change what they do, um, especially if reports are right. There's been a little bit of reporting this morning um, saying that, that we could potentially be seeing a true freshman quarterback starting for Oklahoma State. So it'll be interesting to watch that for sure. But I think that is something that, for me at least, um, I'll definitely – I'll definitely be watching it and seeing kind of how Kansas defense looks and how they respond because of, you know, all of the injuries and maybe some of the differences that Oklahoma State may have, some of the things that um, that they may try to do. And so as far as as far as this game, um, I just kind of want to talk about some KU players that I'll be paying attention to. I think with this. I think with this, um, of course, it would be nice if Jalen Daniels were back. But with this bye week passing and, and the expectation being that Jason Bean's probably in the lineup, I haven't seen anything to the contrary. Uh, I want to see what he's what, what what's changed over the bye week, how he responds, um, how he comes out. Uh, it seems like there's there's some optimism that that Jalen Daniels may be back a little bit sooner, which may may help them loosen the reins, which may allow him to have a little bit more freedom as a runner. Um, which he, he's really, really, he's a really good athlete. So I'm interested to see how coming out of the bye week, Jason Bean's game changes him and what he looks like, how he looks with some more preparation, how he looks with a little bit more time at the helm and going into a, a, a week knowing that he's the guy again. So I'm excited to watch him, but also this running game. I think if Kansas is going to be successful, they got to get some running game going when they were having so much success at the beginning of the year, you had Devin Neal and Daniel Hyshaw kind of, running wild and doing a lot of fun things on the ground. And you got to figure out a way to recreate that. Now, Daniel Hyshaw is not walking back through that door, but you got to figure out a way to recreate those big plays. Devin Neal hasn't been able to get as uncorked as you like to see over the last few weeks. You want to see him um, get a couple of runs here or there, get him established. And also, and, and I feel like some of that, um, which will, this is probably something we should have talked about a couple of weeks ago, but, some has it in the play calling too. You know, KU does a lot of um, a lot of similar things with each drive. You pretty much have a, a run, run, pass approach. Since Jason Beans take over as the, taking over as the quarterback, and I think that that does um, without as much variety and without as much possibility of other things, that does kind of take away some of the effectiveness of Devin Neal and tips the defense off to being able to stop him better. So I'd like to see some more plays mixed around or at least an element of Jason Bean having a potential to run on some of those plays as well. That'll open up Devin Neal quite a bit too. So I'm, I'm wondering what we can see, um, if we can get another big game out of Devin Neal. He's got some more big games in him. He's a really good football player. He's going to have a great career at Kansas, and, and he's going to have his ebbs and flows as any other running back. But I'm interested to see if this is the game, if this is the game where he kind of gets back on track, uh, if he has one of those one of those vintage games. So it'll be interesting to see um, what the running game looks like and also how Jason Bean fits into that. I think that for this team to be at the most successful with Jason Bean at the quarterback, he has to be a part of the rushing attack. I think that there have to be design runs, but he also has to have a willingness to pull the ball down and take off running. You got to find that that balance. Jalen Daniels found a perfect balance before he got hurt, and I think that there's a balance Jason Bean can find as well. Um, and I know that there's there's some element of protecting himself. And a few weeks ago, 
uh, uh, Lance Leipold even said so himself. You know, we, we really just got a true freshman behind Jason Bean, and we don't want to throw him into the fire. So um, we want to try to keep Jason Bean as, as healthy as possible, and I think that that has something to do with his lack of, of involvement in the running game. But I think for this offense to be at its best, you really want to get him involved, and that will open up a lot of things for the passing game and also the running backs as well. So I'll be watching them. I'll be watching Mason Fairchild. He seems like he's got a really, really good connection with both of these quarterbacks. Uh, his involvement in the offense, uh, his ability to get open, um, and his knack for the end zone has been consistent through Jason Bean and, and going back to, to when Jalen Daniels, uh, before Jalen Daniels' injury. He's been heavily involved. He's been heavily targeted. He's been one of those guys that these quarterbacks look to. And um, I'll be watching to see if that continues. He's he's carving out a really good role for himself on this football team, and he's making plays, and that's been fun to watch. Um, having a tight end that can make plays in the passing and in the running game is just unique to have, especially in the college game. So um, plus on, on top of this group of receivers that has really, really shown out this year, probably been the best group, the, the best position grouping on the team. Um, if I mean, th- between, between that wide receiver group and the offensive line, those two groups have been great. And, and uh, Mason Fairchild adding a, a tight end element on top of that will only continue to help take this offense to new heights and, and um, allowing them to do more offensively. So um, I'll be watching him. Defensively, Lonnie Phelps. Uh, Lonnie Phelps started the year off being a dominant force on the off the edge for KU football. Um, it became a running joke that he was pretty much just getting held all the time, and, and they never called it for whatever reason. I think it's probably because of how many plays he already was making in those games, and he was getting held. It's like, I mean, there's no way he could have made all those plays. So he he had a presence that was already being felt to to where they didn't feel the need to to throw those flags potentially. But either way, um, he's saying he's healthy. He was banged up a little bit before going into the bye week. But uh, the the reports are that he's healthy. He's talking about feeling better. His dad's talking about him feeling better. And um, I'll be interested to see what what he can do today. I think having Lonnie Phelps at full strength and um, being that demon coming off of the edge with the speed that he's coming off the edge with and um, the passion and relentlessness he's played with this year, um, it's really, really brought a nice element to the defensive line for Kansas. And without him having that extra bite, without him being 100%, the defensive line just doesn't look the same. And he makes a huge difference there. So I hope he's back 100%. I hope he's back, um, you know, as his normal disruptive self because this defense really, really needs it. Uh, As far as the second level, I'll be watching Craig Young. Uh, Craig Young has continued to – make places, continue to acclimate himself to this defense. Now that a bye week is passing with the versatility that he's shown, um, I'll be interested to see how much more he's involved, how much more he's on the field, how much more involved he is defensively. I wouldn't be surprised to see him in a in a similar role like Micah Parsons is playing for the for the Cowboys, where you see him doing a lot of different things from snap to snap because he has that type of skill set and you just had a week off where you could continue to mess around with those things and see maybe some different ways you can use him. So I'll be interested to see um, what's going on with Craig Young as well. Um, and then lastly, in the, in the, in that defensive, that defensive backfield, I really, I know it's going to be the cliche answer, but I really want to see what Kenny Logan's got coming out of the bye week. Now, you know, he knows that 
you know, he's he's happy that he came back. He's happy he's still at Kansas. He's happy what this team is doing. But he knows it's really not all for not until you get that sixth win. He understands that because that's really what's going to set the tone for the program and leave it truly, truly in a great place. Um, and that's what he wants to do. And I genuinely believe that. And, and that's something that he's talked about his entire time at Kansas. But I wonder if we start to see some urgency out of him. We start to see some more plays. We start to see him around the ball and just kind of um, trying to instill that in the rest of the team. Like, we got to have some urgency. We got to get this win to really make this thing matter. So I'll be watching him because it, it, we're, we're down to some of his last snaps as a Jayhawk. And he's just done he, – he's just been really good for this program. He's been really, really um, positive about where the, the direction is going. He's been a good sport through all the coaching changes. This is a guy who's been an all-Big 12 player. He's led the Big 12 in tackles. He's, he's done all of that stuff. He could have been anywhere. He could have been playing anywhere he wanted to right now including in the NFL. It's a good football player that stuck around here and he paid his dues and he really has been a part of this change. And I want to see it happen for him. And I know he wants to see it happen for this program and for the fan base. And I know he's going to have a sense of urgency about himself to get it done. So um, it'll be fun to watch him in his last games as a Jayhawk. Let's not take that for granted um, because of how great of a career he's had and he deserves to, to be recognized for that. So, um, that's all I got today. I don't didn't have enough anything super duper analytical. Maybe I'll get that after this week. Um, be on the lookout. Got some chief stuff coming tomorrow. KU basketball stuff will be coming on Monday. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate it. These game days have been fun. It's just giving me um, a little bit different perspective, giving me a chance to be a little looser because I'm just kind of sitting around waiting on the game to start and, and getting some of my thoughts out. So this has been fun to do. I appreciate you guys for listening, engaging. Um, talking about it and all those things. Um, I'll, I'll see you guys tomorrow back with some more Chiefs content. So until next time.